Amen. It's good to see you this morning. I'm glad that you're here. And again, hope you've come expecting a blessing. And uh, It's good to have Brother Steve with us today. And glad he's doing well, recovering from his surgery uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, need to pray for him and uh, pray for Miss Alice. She uh, takes care of him and uh, she won't get out the skillet and have to whop him to make him mine. And, uh, but every once in a while. Uh, and uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles this morning, you turn to Matt, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. And we're in that part of the Gospel of Mark where uh, Mark is uh, recording for us a lot of the, the ministry that Jesus is doing uh, in the uh, community. And um, records uh, for us uh, here in uh, this chapter two great miracles. We're going to talk about one of them today and one of them next Sunday. Um, And, um, you know, oftentimes uh, things that God gives us opportunities and puts us in circumstances that seem way beyond our ability, doesn't he? And here's what's true is if when God gives you direction or he asks you to do something and you say, oh, yeah, sure, no big deal, that's probably not God. But when God tells you to do something, you say, God, I can't possibly do that. That's God. Because God is going to ask you to do things that he knows you can't do without him. Say that beautiful chorus. Without him, there really is nothing we can accomplish. But remember what Paul reminds us of in Philippians 4.13, where he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we need to remember that, you know, Jesus Christ is not only Lord of the Gospels, but he's still Lord today in 2022, 2023 rather. Uh, I don't even know what year it is. Uh, but no matter what year it is, Jesus is still King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he still has the same power and the same ability, and in fact, he still has the same mission today as he did when he walked on earth. And what was that That mission is to get people to come to know the Father. Jesus said, you know, Jesus, everything they did, it was about pointing people to God. And listen, that's what God desires for us to do. When God gives us assignments, it's not to make our name great. It's not so that we can say, oh, wow, look at what God's trusted me to do. wonder how I'm going to mess it up. No, it's so that people would be drawn to him. And thankfully, he loves us and is so gracious to us that he allows us to have a part to play in his plan. But as we're going to see uh, as we look at the scriptures this morning, we oftentimes, when God wants to involve us in his plan, we miss it. And it's not until way after that we realize even that we've missed it. And so let's take a look, beginning in verse 30 of Mark chapter 6. It says, Then the apostles gathered to Jesus and told him all things, both of what they had done and what they had taught, And he said, come inside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest a while. 
for there were many coming and going, and they didn't even have time to eat. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew him, and they ran there on foot from all of the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already the hour is late. Send them away, that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have had nothing to eat. And he answered and said to them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded to make them to all sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in ranks and hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed and broke the loaves, and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. And so they all ate and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragments and of the fish. And those who had eaten the loaves were about five thousand men. Probably most of you are somewhat familiar with this story, and uh, both Matthew and Luke also recount this uh, event for us. Uh, Feeding of five thousand. Jesus and his disciples had been going about um, ministering to folks and uh, you know, healing people and casting out demons, doing all kinds of great things. And guess what? They were wore out. And so Jesus said, you know what? It's time for us to have a break. It's time for us to have a day off. Uh, Mark recounts for us, um, they had been so busy, that the disciples haven't even taken time to eat yet. And so they say, well, let's get in the boat and go down to, over to the other side of the lake uh, where nobody's there and it's kind of deserted. We'll just have some secluded time. Well, while they were getting in the boat heading off, another throng of people show up. And they say, oh, I know where they're going. And so they walked around the lake and got to where to the other side before Jesus and his disciples uh, got there. And remember that they had intended to have a day off. And yet the people pressed in and uh, Mark tells us that Jesus had compassion on the people because they were like sheep that had no shepherd. And he began, he taught them a lot of things. Mark doesn't record for us here what those teachings were. But he, he preached and, and taught 
many lessons to the people. We don't know exactly how long they were there, but they were there a pretty good while. And it had gotten to be mid-afternoon. They had missed lunchtime. Well, the disciples knew that. And so they went and they said to Jesus, you know, uh, this is kind of a deserted place. We're out in the woods. There's no market around here. There's no Chick-fil-A for a long way. Uh, you better send the people uh, to town uh, so they can get to the village and buy some food because they've not had lunch yet. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. They had heard those words. They knew what Jesus was telling them to do, but they didn't get it. They knew it was dinner time. They knew it was dinner time for them too. And yet Jesus was teaching his disciples and us, I think, some very important lessons about how we serve him and how we make a difference uh, for the cause of Christ. And there's three things that I think uh, Mark wants us to know and to realize. And the first is how important it is to be alert to opportunities. To be, be alert to opportunities. Oftentimes we miss opportunities simply because we're not watching for them. And so we miss them. That ties an announcement been in the bulletin, but we don't pay attention. And we, it's been on the screen, but we don't pay attention. And the pastor's announced it, but we don't pay attention. And then the, whatever it is has passed. And we say, well, I didn't know we had that. We missed it. Why? Because we weren't paying attention. Well, sometimes things that we're not paying attention to don't really have a whole lot of significance. But sometimes the opportunities that we miss do have eternal implications. Sometimes there may be somebody that God puts in our path that it, they're ripe for the gospel and God sends them across our path so that we might have opportunity to harvest uh, some fruit so that we might be able to share the gospel with them, and they've heard it before, and they're ready to respond, but we're in a hurry that day. And so we just scurry right on past them. Or we have some place to go, like the disciples and Jesus, they were trying to get to this secluded place, not so they could have an audience with a bunch of people, but so that they could eat lunch and rest. And yet Jesus was moved with compassion. And friends, when we have compassion as Jesus had, we'll be more alert to the opportunities that come across our path. The reality is there are people hurting all around us, and there's opportunities we have to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And really, that's what God expects of us. And by us being Jesus' hands and feet and mouth, People come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They know that God cares for them and that God is able to meet their needs. Do they figure that out on their own? No, they don't figure it out on their own. They figure it out because somebody that's alert to an opportunity is alert to that opportunity. Says, you know what, how can I help? 
How can I be of service? How can I meet a need that you have? And there are people all around us that have needs. We pass hurting and broken people every day. And yet, most of the time, we pass them. That's exactly what we do. We don't take note of them. And when we don't, we miss opportunities. Maybe it's an opportunity to give a cup of cold water in the name of Jesus to somebody that's thirsty. Maybe it's opportunity to give a kind word to somebody that needs some encouragement. Maybe it's an opportunity to pray with somebody that really needs some prayer. Maybe it's even an opportunity to lead somebody to Jesus, to find salvation. They're ready to make that choice where they surrender their life to the Lord. And that really is the greatest need that anybody has. So the point is, there's opportunities all around us. So how do we not miss them? Well, we do what Jesus did. Jesus didn't just see the crowd. He was moved with compassion for the crowd. In other words, he cared about that crowd. And he saw their hurt and he saw their needs and so... He began to teach them. He understood that the thing that they needed most was not healing or deliverance, but what they needed most was a relationship with God Almighty. And if that's missing in a person's life, no matter what other problems they have, that one has to be fixed before any of the others have any hope of being fixed. You see, there's a lot of things in this world that promise to make us whole. There's commercial after commercial after commercial on TV for all kinds of new medicines that they've come up with to cure this ailment or to cure that ailment. But usually, that's one set of commercials. The next set of commercials after that, guess what they are? Their lawyers said, hey, if you've taken this medicine and you've gotten sick, let's sue them. There's, you know, there's all kinds of medicine. You know, this world promises folks that, hey, we'll cure you. Well, the reality is, Jesus is the only one that can really cure the most significant problem that any of us have. And the thing is, once we allow Him to come into our life and He cures that major problem, that shows us, hey, He took care of the big one, He can also take care of the little one. And he does. But oftentimes, the way that he takes care of and meets those problems and helps meet needs is by God's people being obedient and being alert. But if you don't have compassion for folks, are you going to want to help them? You're not. If you don't know the people and you don't see them as Jesus sees them, you'll walk right on by and miss an opportunity. But the disciples were somewhat alert, but Jesus was on point. He was very alert to what the people needed. His plan for that afternoon was rest, 
and relaxation and a picnic lunch with his disciples. And instead it turned into a revival preaching meeting because that's what the people needed. But not only do we need to have compassion for folks and we need to pray and ask the Lord to help us to see people as he sees them. That God would help us to be able to see people's hurts. Just help us to see opportunities. To help us to be willing to slow down a little bit. Instead of paying attention to the hustle and bustle and busyness of this world, we would allow some time in our calendar for God to do something through us. Sometimes God can't use us because we're too busy. So I can't fit that in my schedule. Well, I'm already too busy. Well, if you haven't got time for God, can I tell you something? You're too busy. And cutting God out of your life for, your, for the sake of your busy schedule is the worst possible decision anyone can ever make. And yet it's something that we're all too easily do uh, at various times. All of us do that. God, I'm just too busy. God would have said when he came to the cross, oh, I can't do that. I'm just a little bit too busy this week. He didn't. He obediently went to that cross and he paid my sin debt and your sin debt. And the sin debt of all the world that whosoever would call upon the name of the Lord would be saved. But not only do we need to have the compassion of Christ, the second thing that we need to do is we need to be sensitive to needs. We need to be able to, you know, if you go and you ask somebody, hey, what, what do you need? They may tell you one thing, but that one thing that they think they need may not really be what they need. But if we're sensitive, we'll know that. We'll see that the people that God puts in our path are not an accident and not crossed our path just by chance. But God gives us divine appointments every once in a while. Because he wants to use us to make a difference in somebody's life. Sometimes needs are easy. You walk, uh, drive by somebody that's uh, standing by the side of the road trying to get a jack to, you know, jack up a car. And their tire's... Pretty easy. Hey, that fella's got a flat tire. He got a problem. Sometimes it's not so easy to see the need. We as church have been praying, and, and I hope you have and continue to be praying that the Lord would help us to see needs in our community, how we can meet needs of people that live in our community. Uh, and by doing that, have an opportunity uh, to share the gospel with people in this community and that they would come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And that's hard. 
and part of the reason it's hard is because we are very good, especially as Americans, putting happy faces and smiles on. So how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great! Sometimes we are, but then sometimes we just say that, and we, and a lot of times we'll ask people, how are you doing? Not that we really care how they're doing, we're just trying to be polite and move on down the hallway. But if we'll stop and we'll be in tune with God and we'll have compassion and then we'll be sensitive to the needs of those that are around us, guess what we're going to find? We're going to find that God gives us opportunities, He's going to give us divine appointments to meet those needs that people have. We live in a techno-connected world. Everybody's got devices. Even young kids have devices. In fact, young kids can work it better than most of us grown-ups. They know what to do with devices. But you know what? A need probably is the greatest of any other need more in our community than others. Any other. It's connection to people. Studies consistently show people are lonelier and feel more isolated than any other point in human history. When we have all these tools to be connected. But you see, what people need is not an electronic connection. What people hunger for and what people need, and it's because God made us this way, people need other people. People need authentic, real relationships. They need to know that somebody cares about them. And can I ask you, who cares more about any person than any other person? His name is Jesus. Jesus cares more about people, and he cares about everyone. But there's a whole lot of people in this world that don't know it. And there are people, and maybe you're here today and you feel like that. You feel like nobody cares about you. And that you're all alone. Well, there's two things that I say to you that I know are absolute truth. One is that Jesus loves you. And Jesus wants to be your friend. And if you allow Jesus to be your friend, Scripture says that he sticks closer than a brother. In fact, he loves you so much he laid his life down for you. But that a second reality is that God has so changed certain people's lives. And they've come to know the radical forgiveness and grace and love and a relationship with an Almighty that's changed their life. And they want you to know that as well. And that because God has changed them, they love you. And they care about you. So we need to be sensitive to needs. Jesus' disciples said, hey, Jesus, he got to one of his intermissions, and they came to him and said, hey, Jesus, you're, you're doing great. This is some good preaching. But listen, it's past lunchtime. And the, the spiritual food's been good, but these people are hungry. Here's stomach's growling. 
So why don't we take a break for the rest of the day, send these folks to the village so that they can go to the Kroger and get some food. Why did they do that? Well, perhaps it was because they were hungry themselves. But I think it was also a little bit, they were in tune with the crowd and they knew what time it was. They knew that the people had to be getting hungry. And so they saw that need. And so they came up with a solution. And that's where the trouble was. They said, I know just what to do. We'll tell Jesus, send them to town. How often are we guilty of that too? We see problems or we see issues. I know exactly what to do with that. And that's not what God has to do. And so it doesn't work. So the disciples did good in seeing a need, but they did a little bad in that they didn't trust that Jesus could do something about that need. So Jesus' response to them was, you give them something to eat. They said, well, do you want us to take 200 denarii and go to the store and get some bread and come back? It's a lot of food, you know, if the 12, all 12 of us go, and we go to the store and bring back, because remember, there's thousands of people in this crowd, and they didn't have pickup trucks back then. They had to carry it all, but they said, hey, should we go to town and get the groceries? Thinking probably, well, Jesus is going to realize that his suggestion is not a very good one, and he'll say, hey, disciples, that was a good thought. Let's take a break the rest of the day, send everybody to town. Perhaps that was what they were thinking. And they missed this last thing, and perhaps the most important lesson that Jesus was going to teach them this day is this, to be trusting to resources. Be trusting that God has the resources to meet the needs and he'll bring it into your path so that you can disperse it how, you, how it is needed. He says, how much do you have? Well, let us check. They knew they didn't have anything. And Matthew, they found a boy who had a a sack lunch. Had five packs of saltine crackers and two sardine fish. Not much. So, all right. Well, that's what we have. Let's tell Jesus that he'll realize how silly this plan is and he'll send everybody away and we'll be good. Well, that's not what Jesus did. They came, they said, Jesus, we got five loaves and two fish. He said, bring them here. And then he said, you get the people and you set them down on the grass in groups of fifties and hundreds. In other words, get them ready for mealtime. Disciples had to be thinking, because every one of you, especially you ladies, would be there is no way we're going to feed that whole big crowd with just this little bit. There's no way. 
But they did it. They did what Jesus told them to do. And the people sat down in, in these groups and they were leaning down. You know, that's how they ate back in the first century. They kind of reclined on one side and ate. So they got in that kind of posture. Jesus lifted up these five loaves, which really were more like saltine crackers. They, they weren't big loaves of bunny bread. They were itty, you know, they were more like a bun. But Jesus lifted them up and blessed them, gave them to these 12 disciples and said, pass this out. And James and John and Peter and Matthew and all the others took their portion of a bun and started passing it out to these groups. And they kept passing it out. And they kept passing it out. And they kept passing it out. And they did the same thing with the fish. And Mark tells us here that when the meal was over, everybody that was there, 5,000 men plus women and children, were full. They ate all they wanted to eat. And then Jesus said to them, Take your basket, go and gather up the leftovers. And the Gospels tell us that there were 12 basketfuls of bread. More, much more than what they started with. But everyone had all that they wanted to eat. What a great and marvelous lesson, church. It's something you need to grab a hold of for yourself and understand it's truth that Jesus has the ability and the resources you need to meet every one of your needs. And the reality is He will meet your needs. Oftentimes, he may use another person to meet those needs. Sometimes he might do it supernaturally, like taking uh, five uh, crackers and two fish and feeding thousands of people. Sometimes it might be sending a neighbor with a bag of groceries. I remember hearing a story one time. This old widow woman uh, had, you know, like a lot of fo folks, she had more... Uh, month than she did money. Uh, and when she got down toward the end of the month, there was no more money. And there was also no more food in the cupboard. What am I going to do? And so this widow woman prayed. Well, her neighbor, who was an old codger that lived next door, was just a spiteful, mean old man. But he heard this widow woman on her knees praying. He said, I'm going to get that old lady. So he went down to the grocery and he bought two big sackfuls of groceries. Put them up there on the porch, rang the doorbell and then hid behind the bushes. Of course, the woman came and she opened the door and she saw those groceries. 
And she just broke out in a hallelujah fit. And she said, thank you, Lord, for answering my prayers and sending this food. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And that old codger jumped out behind the bush and said, I got you. God didn't send those groceries. I put those groceries there. And she looked up and said, Lord, thank you again for these groceries. And thank you for making the devil pay for it. <laughs> God is able to meet our needs. He does it sometimes again supernaturally through his hand. But most of the time, he does it through his people. He does it through his people. But again, it goes back to the beginning. If God's going to do it through his people, guess what God's people have to do? They have to be alert. And they have to be sensitive. That God has given us resources so that we can help others. So I'll wrap up with a quote. Uh, it's attributed to uh, Billy Graham. I don't know if he really, you know, it's heard in a lot of way different uh, folks say it, but he evidently did say it. I don't know if it was original with him. The will of God will not take you where the grace of God will not sustain you. Friends, you as a child of God need to wrap your arms and your heart around that truth, and you need to have experienced it for yourself. And can I tell you that if you will trust God for your resources, you will find Him to be faithful. And I hope that you have. If you haven't, you, you need to get on that train today. But friend, let me tell you something. If you found God to be faithful, and you've seen God provides your needs, that means then that you need to be aware of others. You need to be sensitive to needs and be alert to opportunities because God may have given you something not for your benefit but solely for the purpose of you taking what God has given you and giving it to someone else that needs it. But if you're not obedient, you say, well, no, this is mine. I've got it. And guess what? God's not going to bless you, but God's not going to be able to bless that other person because you still have whatever it was that God sent to you to bless this other person with. And so both you and that other person miss out on seeing God work. Because I tell you something, and I've seen this in my life, I trust probably most of you have seen it in your life. You cannot outgive God. Now, some of you need a little more practice trying, but you cannot outgive God. That God is faithful to meet your needs. And God will not ask you to do something, go somewhere to do something that He doesn't go with you, and He doesn't provide the means for you to get there. Yeah, sometimes he does it supernaturally. Sometimes, most of the time, he does it through his children, through his people. And so God says to us, I think, 
collectively and individually, you know what? It's dinner time. And there are people all around you that even though their cupboards are full, they really don't have anything because they don't realize what they're missing. They don't realize what their real needs are. And so I'm going to put you in their path to help them to see that. But you see, it doesn't do any good for God to put us in their path if we're not alert and we're not sensitive and we're not trusting. Understand that you say, well, preacher, we're a small church. But preacher, I'm just one, I'm a widow woman. I've just got a small income. And we all know that our small incomes are, don't go near as far as they used to thanks to prices going crazy. So I can't do it. You remember what God says and what Billy Graham said. When God tells you to do something, you just do it. And know that God will make a way. It's not about your resources because the reality is none of it's yours anyway. Everything you have, you have because God gave it to you. And God allowed you to have it. But you can rest assured if you're going to be selfish with it, God will take it away just as quick as you got it. So God will challenge us as individuals and as a church to say, Lord, how can I and how can we make a difference in the community of Pearl, Mississippi? And in Rankin County. Lord, there's people all around us and all around this church that have needs. The address of this church and the fact that you're here in this church are not accidents. This church is here because that's where God put it. And you're here because this is where God put you. Both of those things are not an accident. God did them on purpose. And He did them for a reason. And part of that reason is so that we can impact this community for the cause of Christ. So that people's lives can be changed. Because you see, God is still in this life-saving business. Jesus still saves souls. And Jesus still repairs relationships and puts families back together. He's the only one that can do it. He says, you know what, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to use the people of First Free Will Baptist Church to get it done. But if we're not people that are moved with compassion and alert to opportunities and sensitive to needs and trusting God for the resources, understand there's no way we can do it on our own. Guess what? God never said do it on your own. He never said do it in your strength. He said do it in my strength. And you can do all things. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness and your love to us. Lord, we thank you for your word and how it challenges us. And Lord, we come and before you and, and Lord, we just honestly say to you the needs in our community are so great. And at times it's so overwhelming. Lord, help us not to retreat. Help us not to make plans without consulting you. But Lord, help us to trust you to meet those needs.
Lord, help us to be your hands and feet. May you use us and use this church as an instrument of your grace, of your salvation, of your restoration, as an instrument of helping others to belong. Lord, if there's one here that doesn't know you, would you help them today to realize that you love them, that you know them, you know all about them, but you love them, and that you want a relationship with them. Lord, if there's a child of yours here today that's saved, but they're not where they ought to be with you, would you speak to them today? Lord, would you help us as a church say, and as individuals say, Lord, help us to be alert to opportunities. Help us see where we can be the hands and feet of Jesus. Bring people across our path. And Lord, help us to take the resources you've given to us and use them to glorify you. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. If God spoke in your heart as a decision that you need to make today, this would be a great day and a great time to make that decision.